everyone. You're listening to Health Affairs This Week. I'm Leslie Erdelak. And I'm Jessica Bylander. So here we are, Jess. Somehow we made it to May. <laughs> I, I don't know how it happened, but the one thing I do know is that I think um, people are ready to get a move on, like the official start of summer, um, especially now that we have the green light from CDC on some of the things that are safe to do without a mask. And you definitely pick up on that energy right now. Oh, yeah. Like I'm actually two weeks out from my second vaccine. So I'm I'm definitely ready to do a little bit more, maybe eat at a restaurant for the first time in a year. And um, yeah, the summer, is, the summer will be great. I'll my son turns too, and I'm going to see my parents for the first time since the pandemic started. So I'm very excited. Yeah. Happy early Mother's Day, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm excited too. I, I feel like this is one of those rose and a thorn things, but I've been thinking about it. Like I'm really looking forward to live outdoor music and shows and concerts and, and that kind of stuff. But for a lot of families, though, on a more serious note, summer can be really hard if you're struggling to find ways to feed your kids when school lets out. And historically, we know that food insecurity goes up during the summer because uh, during the school year, kids can take advantage of free and reduced price lunches. It's part of one of the biggest federal nutrition programs in the country. Um, but without it, there's so many students who don't have enough food when they're not in school, and it's the financial hardships that so many families have had to endure, particularly in this last year with the pandemic, you know, coupled with schools closing their doors for in-person learning, that we've seen a lot more widespread hunger and food insecurity in communities everywhere. And Jess, I know you published more of a journalistic piece at Health Affairs, highlighting some of the issues around food access issues during COVID-19 for kids. And so I thought I'd ask you just to share and kind of reflect on what you took away from that reporting. So last October, I wrote about how COVID-19 was threatening the safety net for U.S. children. And part of that is the outsized role, role that schools provide in providing food to children through their national school breakfast and national school lunch program. So about 30 million children are served by the national school lunch program and about 15 million are served by the school breakfast program. So when schools closed due to the pandemic, um, school districts and states were kind of trying to find ways to get that food to the kids and they had a few mechanisms to do it. They did on-site food pickups with a little bit more flexibility in terms of um, when families could come pick up food. They had meal deliveries in some areas, and then they created a new program called Pandemic EBT, which provided the cash value of school meals to families who would have received them if schools were open. So families received a debit card in the mail with this money, and um, when President Biden took office, he actually increased the value of this benefit. So families that are eligible now get $6.82 per child per week. But yeah, so there's been some recent developments on this front, and, and that can really kind of increase the availability of foods to kids, particularly in the summer. Sure. And we've seen evidence, you know, time and time again, that a child's ability to succeed in school really does go hand in hand with their ability 
to get their basic needs met, right? And so this includes uh, healthy, nutritious meals. And yeah, the, the USDA announced that it was expanding the pandemic EBT program as a way to try to feed more kids over the summer as part of that massive COVID-19 relief package that was passed most recently. And the fact that they're continuing this program is important because, you know, while you have lots of schools and communities that have their own programs that are designed to feed kids over the summer, they sometimes have a more limited reach. Um, Take up, you know, sometimes isn't as, as good and even with all the schools that got special waivers so that they could keep preparing meals during COVID, you know, there are still kids who aren't getting enough to eat. USDA says the program served over 8 million families at its peak last year. And with this recent announcement, it looks like it's going to continue for the duration of the COVID-19 public health emergency. That being said, it has taken an enormous amount of effort, I think, to get states even set up to administer this type of benefit in the way that they have. And the rollout of the program, according to some, has has definitely seen some challenges. Yeah, I've, I've read some news media reports that, that say states are struggling to even identify the children who are eligible for these programs and um, get the money to them. So um, and some states actually required families to apply for the benefit Articles report that it could take weeks, even months for families to receive the money. Um, So there has been a push to simplify the process, make it easier and more flexible for states. Clearly, I think there's there's a lot of work to be done. Um, You know, we've all seen those pictures of, you know, people in their cars lined up for miles and miles around these food banks. And, you know, many of whom, you know, they've never been in that position. While for other families, you know, food insecurity seems to be kind of one of those ever-present struggles. Regardless of the circumstances, I mean, again, it just sort of underscores how this has affected every community. And, you know, it's hard to not be moved by by what you're seeing. Yeah, I agree completely. And I mean, the pandemic EBT wasn't the only program um, that was rolled out to increase access to um, food to kids during the pandemic. So um, I know there's a lot else going on to try to reach reach these kids and families. Right. So it, it bears mention, I think, that Congress authorized some other income support and food programs in response to covid there was $12 billion alone in nutrition assistance coming from the American Rescue Plan. So I think the pandemic EBT benefit, once we get some of those issues and problems resolved, has the potential to really work effectively alongside some of these other initiatives. And there were other things too. There was a a 15% increase in SNAP benefits, more administrative resources for states, more money for the WIC program, and again, more of these types of waivers and flexibilities for schools so that they can choose how they serve their meals, you know, either spacing things out or letting families come pick up the food instead. The last thing I'll say, the other policy development to note too, is that 
the Biden administration released its $1.8 trillion proposal just last week. And that's actually really focused on children and families. And in that plan, there's about $45 billion to enhance certain nutrition programs, um, including expanding the EBT program. And potentially, there's talk about making that benefit permanent so that when we finally reach the other side of this pandemic, you know, kids can keep getting free school lunches during the summer. Yeah, it, it, you know, it sort of just seems to make sense. Um, I know there's a lot of administrative challenges, I'm sure. Um, but it, you know, it, it reminds me of the calls I've heard about as well to just kind of consider making free school lunches universal for all U.S. children in school. So, you know, kind of cutting out the middleman and and um, not having to deal with the administrative task of figuring out who is eligible and who is not, and making sure you're reaching those folks. You know, just if everyone's eligible, then then there you go. And I, I know there has been a bill proposed to that effect. I'm not sure where that's going to go, but interesting stuff. Yeah, and seems like the right thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. So, you want to leave it there? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So with that, um, I think we'll wrap it up. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. Leave a review if you're into that. And thank you. Thanks, Jess. We'll see you next week.